Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy. But you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Welcome to Pussy Power. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pussy Power. The title says we're going to be talking about that one time my boyfriend almost fucked up and almost cheated on me. So this is super interesting because um, if you've been watching my YouTube uploads, and listening to my podcast, then you've probably already seen me film a couple episodes with my boyfriend of seven months now. And interestingly, this is actually your very first healthy and like functional relationship, like for the both of us. But as you know, as the title says, it hasn't always been that way. You know, men fuck up. Sometimes, and in some cases, they fuck up a lot of times. So, before we get to that point, it's, I think it's helpful to talk about kind of like how we met. Um, basically, he saw me online. He saw like one of my webinars because a team member um, that he has told him about me and about how I can be like a pretty cool guest for their podcast as well and their like um their show so he hit me up and right off the bat I knew he was hitting on me um he actually like it's so funny he sent me like this fucking canned message at the time obviously I didn't know it was canned but the moment that you know we got together and I saw his other messages to like other girls, I saw that it was indeed his opener. And I was literally like a victim of his funny yet seemingly personalized opener. And so we were talking um, and we almost actually didn't meet like online. Because of the fact that he missed our meetings when we set them. I literally would wait like five minutes on Zoom and be like, fuck this shit. Like, this is not cool at all because he wasn't showing up. That happened twice. And then he got COVID and I was like, okay, fine, it's not happening. But then, um, after a couple weeks, I reached out to him 
And I was like, hey, this is the meeting that never happened. And the, when, when I reach out to people, it's almost always usually because, okay, let's get down to business. Let's see how we can benefit off of each other. It's almost like very utilitarian, as my pseudo ex would say. Um, and so we got on Zoom for the first time. And right off the bat, I just knew that he had like bullshitter jeans. Not not jeans, but like he had this like bullshitter vibes where I was like super, he was like such a sweet talker. And I was like, okay, I've seen this. Okay, 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 whatever. And because I was like also at that point in my life where I was open to meeting people and open to dating and, you know, wanting to really connect with guys, when he asked me out, I was stressed out about like my old business. So I was like, okay, fuck, I need a vacation. Let's go. And so we had our very first date slash vacation together in Okada, Manila. And after, after that, he was like, okay, I think this could um, be something more, so let's just not see other people. And I was like, huh, I still want to see other people. But like looking at the quality of guys on Tinder and like the inconsistent guys I was already like going out with, I was like, uh, okay, fine, whatever, let's see where this goes. So, so I did, and I agreed to not like entertain all the other guys who were asking me out and hitting me up. And everything was going smoothly, going pretty well, until he invited me to his place for the second time and I was already on the way. I was like inside the freaking plane in my seat, excited to um, have our third vacation together. And one of my friends messages me saying, hey, like are you and Madge like a thing? And I was like, ha ha ha, yes we are, why? And then, lo and behold, she shows me receipts of him flirting with her. And it was right around the time when we had our second vacation at this private, um, at this resort together. And I was like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? I was inside the plane and my hands were shaking I was like so I was mad because it felt very unfair to me I was like fuck this dude I had a guy waiting for my answer and wanted to take me out to Sofitel and this motherfucker just literally flirts with my friend like what the fuck so I hear my friend out and she shows me these like screenshots where he was like full on <laughs> flirting with her 
right around the time when we were having our second vacation together. And that really fucking turned me off. So I was inside the plane and I was thinking, okay, motherfucker, I'm just gonna fly to where he is and I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind. So all the while inside the plane, I was thinking of how I was gonna deliver my exit speech. And I had to like collect myself because I, again, I was like angry about how fucking unfair it was that I held up my end of the deal and he fucking didn't. I was like, this shit is not fair. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I like, there was like judges on, not judges, but like sharks on Shark Tank. They'd be like, I'm out. That was me. I was like, I am fucking out. I'm not putting up with this shit. So, the plane lands and I got my stoic poker face on. Very like, whatever, let's get this shit over and done with. I'm just gonna give him a piece of my mind and I'm gonna fly back to, you know, my place. So the plane lands and he was texting me. He was like asking about where to pick me up. And so I disembarked from the plane with my luggage, literally just like poker face. And when he saw me, he was like really bubbly and lit up and he was like hugging me. And I didn't hug him back. I was like literally dead on poker face. So we were walking um, and when we got to his car, I was literally just calming myself down with my breaths and you know like chilling out because i didn't wanna come off as like batshit crazy or anything like that so i turned to him and i was like i didn't know you had this thing with my friend and he goes like, I don't know what you mean, like, what, like, that, that's not true. And then I was like, I pulled up the receipts and I showed him, okay, she told me this, she, she showed me this, blah, 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 blah. Here are screenshots. Listen, I don't think this is going to happen. And all of a sudden, he broke down in front of me. He was like fucking crying, like a grown ass man crying in front of me. And I was like, I do not have this pace for this bullshit, first and foremost. So how about we just call it quits. I'm just gonna wait for the next available flight and I'm gonna come home. And to be fair, like, he really did try to like, he, he did his best to win me back, obviously. And he was very apologetic. He cleared things up and he said he wasn't really like serious about her or digging her. He was just like 
literally feeling a kindred spirit with her. And I was like, not having it because there is no fucking way that I'm gonna be stupid about this and there is no fucking way that I'm gonna let some stranger do that to me. Like, there was no fucking way. So, we go to his place and I settled down for a bit. I was looking at, like, the next flight, literally still, you know, still collecting myself because it really fucking triggered me. Like, it just made me, it, it just made me feel like my body was on fire, pretty much. And that night, he literally was, like, saying everything he could to, like, make me stay. And I definitely was not in that frame of mind where I thought, of course, I'm going to stay. I was not in that frame of mind. Because in my head, I thought that I, I saw who I was dealing with. And it kind of confirmed the bullshitter vibes that I got from him the moment he first messaged me. And so my, my chin was like held high the entire time. And he was breaking down, he was crying, he was begging me to stay. He literally like showed me this entire set of essential oils that he bought for like $500. And I was almost like feeling sorry for this guy, like, okay, whatever, enjoy it by yourself. And he planned out a lot of things for our vacation, but I was not having it. So I went on with my life that night. I slept on his bed. <laughs> there was no way I was gonna fucking sleep on the couch. Um, and I thought, okay, you know, just stay at his place and literally just take the next flight home. Before that, over dinner, he was still, you know, explaining himself, blah, 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 blah. Until the next day, I was just like, okay, fuck the shit. Let's have this, like, one last time, call it quits, and then move on with our lives. Whatever. Uh, so, that was what was on my mind. It became very utilitarian, if I'm going to be very honest with you. Because it felt like, okay, you fucked with me, fine. So, whatever, let's do this one last, one last hurrah, and then I'm never going to have to see you ever again. And I get to chill out at a really nice place and just like do some spiritual kumbaya or whatever. It ended up not being that way, obviously. Um, he's kidnapped me seven months in and I'm, I'm still here. A willing victim, quote unquote. But what really happened there was I knew just from like my gut telling me that he did have some like bullshitter sweet talker vibes. I knew that that wasn't gonna fly with me and 
I knew I deserved something. And someone who was much better than that. Life is hard, but finding a really great podcast makes the days go by so much easier. Hi, my name is Blue Toulousma. I'm a writer, an emotional intelligence coach, and the host of Humanize with Blue Toulousma, a podcast where we believe that when you humanize everyone in the room, a great conversation is almost guaranteed. Join us every week here on Electricast as me and my guest co-hosts unpack big topics and interview even bigger personalities with a sense of humor and a dash of mischief. If you're looking for a new best friend in your head, we've got you covered. So, because I can, because I communicated my standards, and because I wasn't having any of that shit, it pretty much showed him that I wasn't willing to put up with it at all, you know. And I think the power of that experience was that it showed him that he was with someone who actually had serious standards. So because that happened, you know, even though he did have history of lying and cheating and whatnot, being able to have that honest conversation with him afterwards allowed us to communicate our boundaries, our standards. And the only reason why I let it slide was because logically I knew that we still weren't official. And I was like, hmm, I know we weren't official, but here's the thing. I held up my end of the bargain and this motherfucker didn't. But logically, we still weren't together. So I was like, hmm, okay, maybe give this guy a chance. Which seems very stupid. Like, looking back right now in retrospect, that seems very stupid. I would not recommend you to do the same thing I did. But behind that bravado of like someone who was a sweet talker and a bullshitter and whatnot, I sensed a spark of like sincerity and ingenuity and that is why you know aside from logically i knew we weren't together officially that is the only reason why i decided to give this a chance and it really was funny because he was so persistent like he would not let me go he wouldn't let it go and I think, you know, I also respected that. And seven months later, that issue is something that I never really had to worry about again. And I think the reason for that is we both know that if either one of us fucks this up, I'm leaving. Maybe he's leaving too, but I know I would leave, right? It's not something that I'm willing to put up with. You know what I always say is, I didn't invest $40,000 in myself just to put up with this fucking bullshit. And I think that is something that women should remember, no matter where they are in life. It's like, 
knowing that you bring so much to the table and knowing that you can add so much value to someone's life. And when you know your worth, when you know your standards, and when you communicate those standards, people respect that. You know, and those who don't, they just fall out of your life, basically. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've still been together and why this has been, you know, a really functional, really healthy relationship. It's because... I wasn't willing to put up with his bullshit. And that forced him to face whatever bullshit he, he's been doing before and know that you know he met his match or something like that. He, he met someone who didn't have the time and didn't have the space for that kind of shit. In a way, I'm... I'm pretty glad that happened because it allowed us to have a sincere conversation on what's okay, what's not okay, what's my standards, what's his standards, what's my, what are my boundaries and what are his boundaries. And being able to do that cracked open a level of sincerity and a level of understanding and a level of trust that we weren't able to share with other people. You know, one of the things that I learned after being quote-unquote betrayed or cheated on by my pseudo ex when I was 18 and I found out that, you know, my first love was pretty much fucking three, four, five, ten, who knows how many other girls behind my back. The lesson I learned there was because we didn't have the tough conversation up front, we didn't really have standards and we didn't really have boundaries and things that we could hold each other accountable to because we literally did not have anything. It was nothing. It was fluid. Nada. And that's why coming into this relationship before it even started, there was already that conversation of what's okay, what's not okay. And the things that set, that became a foundational for us to build something with trust and with grace and with respect for one another. And honestly, I think that that moment has been one of the key ingredients for this relationship even lasting this long because it literally almost ended before it even started. So I'm grateful for it. It made this relationship all the better. And it also showed me that I did have a true friend who came clean to me and said, you know, this motherfucker was all flirting with me. I'm not sure you want to get with him. Girl, get your ass back to your place. And so that was really valuable too. It showed me that someone did have my back. And, you know, not every single friend is going to be like that. I, I'm very lucky that, you know, my friend was like that. And we're actually very close. So if there is one thing that I hope he is got away from this, it's that you don't get what you want. 
you get what you tolerate. So you need to be very meticulous and very particular about what's okay for you, what's not acceptable, what are your boundaries, what do you want, what do you not like, and how you're treated. And when you have such a strong sense of who you are and a strong sense of what you're worth and your value, then there is no way in fucking hell that you're going to let someone bullshit you in any way, shape, or form. And that's going to make someone respect you so much more. And that's going to make you stand out from every other girl out there, even if they're more talented, smarter, or prettier than you. Because you know who you are and you know your worth. And that is so fucking sexy and that is so fucking rare. So I hope you guys enjoyed this little chat. And if there's anything that you learned or like if you have a similar experience, a similar story, I'd love to hear it. You can email me or you can just drop it in the comments. I'd love to hear from you. And I would really love to hear about what your biggest takeaway from this was. If you like this episode, give it a thumbs up or subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. Alright guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you on the next one. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Are you a fan of classic cinema or a young person who wants to discover the best films of all time? Do these legendary movies still hold up? On the Generation Film Podcast, two guys who grew up when movies dominated the culture share a great film with a panel of young movie lovers and see how it plays for today's generation. We discuss changes in storytelling styles, representation, the making of each film, its initial reception, and how its meaning has changed over the years. Join us as we explore cinema classics across generations on Generation Film. Electric acid.